You were in the cuts, baby. Let me get the butt. Um, <laughs> call me King Tut, cause I'll wrap around your head and put you underground, and you'll never be heard like this podcast all around the world. But hey, I'm trending. Hey, the podcast is trending behind like five hundred thousand other podcasts. But hey, progress is progress. Um, which is kind of speaking of lack of progress. Apparently, there's this social media craze with tipping. Now, you know, the average tipping. The tipping thing, apparently I learned that tipping was actually originated. It actually came from, I believe, Italy or Spain. One of those very giving countries that keeps to themselves and just does what they do. But apparently, they had a tipping culture type of thing. And we, some millionaire, went over there and brought that back. And... Some people be like, see, that's how we pay our workers. And other people are mad, like, see, that's how we pay our workers. Um, And now, apparently, tipping within itself is used by some companies, so they don't actually have to pay. Um, And, but, near here nor there, that's a whole different discussion. But now, it's gotten so out of hand. And even the most generous tippers have a problem with this, but they're being deemed as assholes. Where the kiosk at a self-checkout has the audacity to ask you, you want to tip this automated kiosk? Um, it's like, no. Um, I would even tip if I was at a convenience store and they scanned my water. Like, it didn't really do much. Like, you didn't go out of your way. I got the bottle of water. I scanned it. What am I tipping? I should be getting actually a tip back. I think honestly, if you do self checkout, I lose just if you do self checkout, I think you should actually have to pay a percentage less for your whole bill because you are saving the company labor. You are saving um, just. It's like if I have to do something myself and I go somewhere to get something, it's like I basically did the work. What am I paying the extra convenience for? You know, it's like these kiosks that have this thing where if you pay with a debit card instead of cash or you pay with a card instead of like a wallet that you already have with the company, why the fuck am I going to have a built-in wallet for your specific kiosk? And it'll be like, oh, here's a 10 cent fee for using a credit card. It's like... I have to pay 10 cents to scan my own shit, to pick out my own shit, scan my own shit, do the right thing as a citizen and pay for it when I could honestly just not pay for it. Like, honestly, and I'm I'm not going to say if I have or not because I haven't because I'm a law-abiding citizen. But honestly, if you go to like a Kroger and you go to these self-checkouts and you get like veggies and fruits where you quote-unquote weigh them, like or the best ones is the one where you don't even weigh them. You just press the quantity. Which, like, you can get five avocados and just say you got one. And be like, all right. Save yourself, like, five or six bucks. Because um, they're not paying attention when it comes to fruits. Or, like, any of the... Especially when it's very specific deals. Like, oh, I click two... It's 88 cents a pound for some jumbo yellow onions. It's like... 
but it's a dollar twenty for these peeled white onions. It's like, yeah, but I really want the peeled white ones. Like, okay, so get the peeled white ones and say you're buying the jumbo yellow onions. Problem solved, kid. Um, and I actually think over time, this self checkout thing, these companies think think that is gonna save them money and time and convenience. They're probably gonna lose a shitload more money than ever. Because it's really kind of hard to detect. Like, Walmart's really the only one that's actually checking sometimes in the middle of the day if you are, like, checking your receipt and shit. But, like, these other, like, they don't give a fuck, like, man, walk out. Like, you can't, there's not a scanner on these freaking tomatoes to see if you actually put the right quantity in the kiosk. Um, And I'm a self-checkout aficionado. But I swear to God, if I ever go to Kroger one day and they're like, would you like the tip of uh, the person hovering around that only IDs you or only comes over to your area when it says, hey, uh, make sure to bag your items before you scan another. It's like, what the fuck do you think I'm doing? It's like, I bagged it. All right. I'm securing the bag. I um, mean, you're trying to take it from me. Um, <laughs> don't worry. My Kroger employee brother discount will always come in handy to counteract that. But. Yeah, like, I don't know when these grocery stores or these reward programs are actually going to start tracking, like, hey, how come, like, seven people, how come, like, in seven different locations, this one Kroger card is just maxing out all these benefits with us? It's like, some seems a little fishy. Um, I feel like it's good. They're going to try to go the Netflix route and try to be like, hey, uh, it's only two people per account. Anything more, we're going to start like keeping an eye on it and putting these malware protections where we could detect where people are watching. It's like, yeah, okay, you do that. Um, but yeah, but yeah, like if these kiosks start asking me, hey, you want to leave ten percent? Oh, ten percent of this one hundred and eighteen dollar grocery bill that I don't even want to pay one hundred eighteen bucks for. Yeah, sure. Let me give you fucking eight dollars for letting me scan my own shit. Sounds great. Eight dollars is not ten percent of one hundred eighteen, is it? No, it would be like twelve dollars. You get the gist. But the point is, yeah, this whole like, uh, and I, I'm a very generous tipper. Anything I do, I even tip at like coffee shops when I have cash, which I don't even carry cash. But I think is a bigger issue. Um, cash is so unavailable. And it's so uneasy and it's so inconvenient now that I think people would tip more if cash was a lot more. Like, I have to go to the bank. I have to go to an ATM just to get some cash out every time. And it's like, why am I going to do that? Everything's on this card. And the issue is, and now like these places like, oh, tip 10% for this $11 smoothie. It's like, and I do it because she was a pretty girl. But if she wasn't a pretty girl, would I have put 10%? No, I would not. I would like, I, the funniest part is someone actually, I was, when someone, uh, they were kind of discussing, they're like, not only do I put no tip, I actually put custom tip and I put the zero, zero, zero to emphasize how the disdain for them, the audacity for them to even ask me. Cause I don't want, cause I want them to know, I know what the fuck you're trying to do. And I'm telling you. Fuck you. But I'm a pro tipper. Um, so 
I'm actually for like I'm a very generous tipper when I go to places to tip, and I'm so considerate that I don't even eat out unless I considerably have enough money to tip a considerable amount. But people say like, well, even if you don't have the amount, you should actually go out once in a while and help these businesses. Oh, really? Yeah, I should go help Taco Mac because I re- yeah they're really fucking struggling. Cause that's where I'm going. I'm not going to these, like, chances are, I'm not going to these mom and pop places where I have to pay cash, because it charge, like, I understand that the reason why they charge these 50 cent transaction fees when you use a debit card is because it costs them money each time there's a swipe, so they have to do that, they counteract it, so I get that. That's why I go to these grand, basic-ass chain restaurants where everything is right available. Taco Mac will be fine if I don't go there twice in the next five months. Zaxby's will be alright if I don't go there for more than six months. Like, these places will be fine. Don't give me this, like, oh, these businesses need to survive. Like, no, like, me as an individual, not paying for overpriced wings and paying for overpriced this and $13 nachos, they will be fine without me. But you still go because the waiter's there and stuff. It's like, well, yeah, I feel bad for them. I feel bad that it's going to be harder for them. And then now there's this whole discussion. I've been listening to, I've been on a um, Grant Cardone type of, not like a rabbit hole, but I've been listening, I listened to a podcast with him on the School of Greatness with Lewis Howe. And He's actually getting, at first I thought he was kind of like, like really, we're really, you're really going to sit here and try to tell me that inflation is not a real thing. And I'm not like so focused on inflation. Like my belief about that stuff is like, hey, you see what's happening. You need to adjust to counteract so you're not a victim of what's happening. So inflation sucks, but you can either bitch about how, how much it sucks or Try to make a little bit more to make ends above means. I understand at a certain point that's unrealistic. But as a young, startling man, <laughs> it's not, you know, it sucks, but you got to adjust to what you see and not bitch about everything. But basically saying inflation is actually not a real thing. And that inflation, if we want to take it for a surface, is actually, from a consumer standpoint, it sucks because you're paying more. But from a business standpoint, inflation means your product value is higher. Now, everyone bitches about inflation. and But it's funny how the people that are for wages, right? How Jesus, I don't even know why I'm getting it. People that are for wages, um, like wage increase. Like, you know, I'm... Try to get as much money as you can working any job. It's a starter job, a mid-level job, whatever. But, like, uh, paying a fast food worker like 15 bucks an hour, right? I'm not against it. Um, but what you notice is with this fight for the minimum, like, oh, these workers should get this and that. I think that as a consumer, the issue that people don't realize is when they preach for this and then they bitch about the quarter pounder combo meal being 11 bucks. Which I've always kind of found odd if I worked at a place and they're basically saying like, hey, yeah, this quarter pounder um, meal, we basically think that's how much your work is worth in an hour. That's what we think of you. So if you ever want to know what your value is, 
think about the price that your company where they price things at and they say you per hour is worth this it's like damn at least i'm worth two big mac combos now um <laughs> supersize me baby um <laughs> but um but yeah that, that's the thing that i don't think a lot of people take into account when they want pay increase for people is that there's going to be it's like you want this for people are you willing to deal with the sacrifice as a consumer that you're going to have to pay more because they're going to build up the prices they're going to hike the prices so they can maintain their trajectory of profit especially the bigger the business where they can do that so that's kind of like okay you bitch about, hey, well, you know what? It's not fair that we're in charge of people's uh, wages. Like, their tip, like tipping is their whole like salary because you guys don't want to pay them a wage. It's like, okay, well, if we paid them a wage, your food would be like 40% more. What do you want? You want to pay them directly and feel this like... And I think now tipping has this weird like ownership feeling. It's like, yes, there should be a like, hey... Do your part so I can kind of reward you for your hard work and I see what you're doing. Um, But there's also this thing where it's like people have this built-in like ownership. Like I'm the owner of this place. And like, hey, I'm in charge of whether you get to go home happy or you get to go home crying. And there's this weird power in that. It's actually probably like some weird psychopath behavior. That's what a lot of tipping has come to. And these psychopaths at these kiosks asking us people, do you want to tip me for you scanning your own shit? That's where we are. Uh, This is America. All right. But yeah, the longest intro without introducing the podcast. Uh, Welcome to episode 194 of the Off and Be podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Uh, Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Uh, This is a solo pod. My uh, audience, they're hit and miss. And, you know, (laughs) it's not the same energy. Um, But yeah, recording this at 2.18 a.m. on May 21st on a Sunday yeah, um, and oh yeah, today we have brought back a familiar guest for the microphone you hear the shake. I don't know what it is, it may be a placebo effect, cause, uh, geez, I've been really, I'm not gonna lie, I've been really caffeinated lately. Here's the thing, right? I'm going to sound like a person in denial, but I'm an avid uh, iced coffee consumer from Dunkin'. And the thing is, when you start paying out of pocket instead of like all the free shells again for years, it's like, damn, like, how much do I really actually... Before you, before you justify like, oh, it's free, that's why I go, that's why I go there a lot. And it becomes free half the time, you know, depending on who's there, depending on what's to hook you up and stuff, you know. But, you know, they're trying not to get fired. Respect. I ain't trying to get no one fired. And uh, being a big baller now. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> w- 
being like a very caffeinated person, it's a very weird place because you justify by saying, hey, I do a lot of shit in a day. I'm constantly moving. I'm like doing X, Y, and Z. And then you say, it, I don't drink it for energy. I drink it for kind of like a routine. Like that sounds like addict. Like, hey, I don't like, I don't snort. I don't snort the Coke because I need to get a jolt. It's because I notice a pattern behavior when I do it at this type of time of day and I reward myself. It's like, man, you know, it just like, it keeps me in the loop. Um, fruit loop. Cause you're fruity, baby. Um, the frogs make you gay. Um, uh, it's water supposedly. Um, but, uh, now there's anything wrong with that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, anyone that drinks a lot of coffee, right? Like I drink a fair amount of iced coffee and I also consume pre-workout. Now I only consume pre-workout a couple times a week now because I only work out like three times a week now. So it's dwindled down a lot. Plus with the coffee, but you, you, you start to realize like, man, like I, I, I try to look back of the first time I started drinking coffee and, you know, it was just like, oh, casual thing. And then like, you know, it sounds like I'm like talking about like if I was cheating on a girl or something. It's like, look, it just started off and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was just, uh, it was just talking. And then, you know, we start, you know, it became a little flirt. And it's like, you know, the, it's like me and the coffee, you know, we started, you know, getting adapted to each other. We became part of each other's lives without even realizing it. You know, wherever I was, they were there ready for me. And you weren't. Um, <laughs> but I look back like, damn, like, what was different about me and how I thought, how I, like, not even just, like, my health and fitness, my body type, because I'm actually stronger and fair now ever. I'll say the number one thing people don't, talk about when you consume coffee over a long period of time is that your taste buds legitimately change and I, I don't have any evidence I'm pretty sure it's out there but like my taste buds and like foods I'm into and not into things are kind of like eh, and eh. like it has drastically changed and I, I didn't even realize it until like kind of like yesterday and I'm saying like I don't even really want to eat pizza. I don't really want to eat like junk, like in a good way. It, it kind of turns me off from like junk food. It turns me off from things that just really don't, I feel like have a, anything that kind of just doesn't flow with the, you know, the aroma that I guess coffee puts on your breath and stuff. And I don't have coffee breath because I brush my teeth and shit, but it's still just like, eh. You know, it's like doing some over a long period of time and it just becomes like this thing, a part of you. It changes other things and it just gradually kicks those other things out without you realizing that I kicked those things out. And that's kind of like what having a baby is like. Um, <laughs> and that's how I'm going to tell you that I have a nine-month-old child. Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, it just slowly changes you just slowly you know changes what you enjoy um it changes what you are capable of doing um but yeah uh you know i've been contemplating uh 
should you know to anyone out there questioning if you should ever move up where you at where you work moving up the ladder ever thought about applying for a better position that's higher paying with more responsibility that's kind of a dilemma i'm in right now and every fiber of my being says don't do it clint it's not worth it you know better you are someone that you've you've always told yourself to not move up in a company unless you actually see yourself working there in more than the foreseeable future and you actually have an attachment to a job where you actually care enough to warrant taking home the stress that comes with that higher position right or the responsibility i am not a man that wants to take i know this is like an unpopular thing for a lot of men to want to say i do not want to take on responsibility that i don't need to take on as a mean if there's something on my plate, I won't take care of it. But if I don't need to put it on my plate and I'm not responsible for why that thing's on my plate, then I'm not going to take it on at this point in my life. But money's a hell of a thing, kids. Um, <laughs> but not just money. Um, I do think sometimes like it, it's almost like it feels like you're at a new job, but you're still at the same job, right? It's a different, you know, you can always put, oh, you can always put some on your resume. Oh, now I got X experience. I got this experience. Like, uh, how much is that real? Honestly, how much is saying I have managerial experience? Like, be honest. Like, well, how much has that really, really ever actually helped someone get a position that they weren't going to get anyways? Like, I understand the appeal to saying I have managerial experience. And I understand that even if what you did at one job is not anything like the other job, the experience of leading people, putting people in positions, being in charge, being active, always kind of putting people in positions to succeed, that can translate over. So managerial experience, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but I'm just saying how much... Has it really made someone a better, like, position? <laughs> Jesus. How much has it made someone not sneeze? Um, <laughs> sneeze, Louise. But yeah, no, I, I, guess, I guess the rule, is it always better to take better positions even if you're not really sure if you want to do it? But you should just do it just because... The financial benefit, but also just the experience benefit. But what if you know you take that position and you know that, hmm, it's like, I feel like if I take this position, I'm going to burn out or I'm going to say, fuck this shit in like four or five months compared to if I stay in my position where it's a slightly lower position, but I can see myself dragging along and making a longer term Income bill while I still having time because I think the biggest fear, honestly, my biggest fear is when you take a higher paying position, there's obviously more required. There's more expectations. And I am not a man that wants expectations. Have the lowest expectations of me possible. Not literally, but please. Um, but there, there's a... there, There's this thing where you take this position or you take a position and... It, it's like, is it really, 
is it really worth it? Like, is this honest, like, no, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. But one, is it worth it? But two, um, is this thing going to take away from what I actually want to do in my personal life, right? I think a lot of people's big fears is moving up in companies, but they have these outside things that they do. And they barely have time for it as is, but they make do because it's easy to go to work and just do your job, not feel pressure from upper management because if shit goes wrong, they're not really going to come to you. They're going to come to the people who are in charge of your area. They're going to go to them first. And then they may take out their shit on you. But that's a whole different like feeling. You don't feel like, man, like I'm going to get fired today. You know? You don't, you're not going to have to stay for 45 minutes after work and sit in a room and get berated because, you know, you uh, couldn't control someone's temper tantrum. Um, and someone that licks their hands after touching shit for five hours. See? And that's... It couldn't be me um, because I would have sent his ass home, but not my point. Um, but the point is, is that if you... Is it really like, is it going to take away from things and then like three years from now I'm be like, damn, like I've been so caught up in the, the attachment to the job because to genuinely, generally when you are in, when you move up, like you have to have a more attachment to a position if you truly want to succeed at it. I don't care what the job is. Because the more money they give you, the more responsibility, the more they're going to expect you to be on your shit. The more they're going to be on you when things aren't going well. And so it's like you're almost like feeling this sometimes if things are going weird for a period of time. You may always feel like this on edge, like am I going to keep my job type of feel. That causes stress, especially when you may get demoted or lose your job because the things are not really much in your control right and the deal with that and then have to and then have the focus to do stuff outside of work to stay on top of your game and to progress yourself and to truly become a high value um dad um no but become a to reach your pinnacle of goals in your life. And it's a, that that's one, it's like sometimes like the worst thing you could do is take a job that you're not ready for. And then sometimes the worst thing you do is to be afraid to take that job. Damn, look at Clint dropping wisdom out here. So I guess this segment is real. Like, should you take the job? It's taking a job just because it will quote unquote help you grow as a person and make you more money and actually challenge you like does that actually really matter um (laughs) but does that actually is it really worth depending on where you're at in your life is it should you always take a better available position on the surface when you know what comes with that position may take away from other things in your life now other people say well you know sometimes you gotta man up and Become an adult and do what you got to do. It's like, yeah, well, sometimes you got to man up, do what you got to do, and learn to say no. When something is not in your vision or something is not in your... um, When something's 
not really in how you want to see your life for the next X amount of years. So I don't know. I guess his management job's a scam. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus, hopefully they don't actually look at this podcast during the hiring process. And I'm pretty sure my mom or people near me are like, dude, you're not supposed to talk about your job and your podcast. It's like, I didn't say anything bad. I talked about some general that comes with any position that honestly, if I was someone who was hiring, if I saw someone openly talk about their concerns with taking a job of that, I would actually respect that person more, hire them on the spot, pay them an extra $10 compared to what the average person gets and that just for being like, hey, at least you give a shit of just not taking a job just because of the money. At least you give enough of a shit that you are outweighing the pros and cons for yourself that may affect you becoming the best of your ability at this position, which will hamper production, which will hamper the whole operation. So you know what? Actually, the job is yours. Maybe that's what happened. Um, <laughs> but if I was hiring, I would actually look at someone doing this as like a positive. Not You're not shaming or sh- but you understand like you're not going in naive thinking like, oh, this is the same thing. This shit's going to be easy. It's like you're actually going with like a, hey, like, I understand this shit may get stressful. I understand. But that's what the money's for, baby. And that's exactly what I was telling. It's like, well, that's what the money's for. Um, but yeah. So, anyways. Enough of that. Um, I would put a bounty on your head, but it seems like your head is bouncing off of mine. I don't know where that came from. Oh, but she does. It's coming down her nostrils. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm anostrulating. <laughs> She's menstruating and ovulating. And I'm just in there like, hey, baby, I'm dominating. Um, <laughs> and now the pregnancy tests were procrastinating. No, Clint, don't manifest it. Um, it's like, well, maybe I'm manifesting what I want. New job, new born baby problems. That's simply what happens. I also don't want to be in a position where I only start taking higher paying jobs or higher when I need it. Like That's the worst thing. But when you have to take a job that you're not even sure you're prepared for or want to do, all because you have financial responsibilities or you have children or a family to take care of, like that shit is a whole different animal. That's a whole different stress level. Because if it doesn't work out and it fucks up, like, oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah. Uh, Jesus, stress. Uh, oh, Jesus. I feel like I should be a... Uh, you know, I always have this, like, fantasy when I'm listening to certain songs. Jesus, this podcast just got sus real quick. Um, there are certain songs, and I think all guys, there are certain songs. For me, there's two songs, and then a couple others. But it's typically when a female singer, but it's a dancing singer, right? And it's a very specific song. So I have two songs where when it comes on, 
I fantasize about some fantasy girl that may or may not be or have been in my life at some point doing a lap dance on me in front of like a bunch of people I know, a bunch of a bunch of coworkers at a random event where all these coworkers just happen to be at. And they see the boy getting a sexy ass lap dance and halfway through I just start like picking them up and hip thrusting them like a magic mic or some shit. And we may or may not have penetration on stage and be like, holy shit, this is the wildest shit. And those two songs are Body Party by Sierra and uh, Me and You by Cassie. There's something about those songs that just put me in that mood of just like, damn, like a girl that I'm not with. It doesn't, you don't want it to be with a girl that you're with. There's too much at stake. You want it to be a girl that you have this untapped sexual tension with. But you've never actually had that sexual tension in real life interaction. And it's always been this playful, but like, well, we're friendly. But then you get in the right setting, you get the right song on, and she just starts busting it down on you. And then you're just like, holy shit. And you feel like the king of the world because it's your 28th birthday. And all of this is in front of people because your friends set you up on a stage, paid for it. And they got you some girl that they knew you kind of liked. And they're like, hey, this is how you know she liked you too. Boom, boom. Um, But yeah, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't get a stage fright then. I'd be like, I'm open, baby. Um. And so was she. Um, <laughs> open sesame. Um, come on, baby. Let me open that magic box. Open sesame. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. You could, my wand can do a few tricks for your bunny to be hopping. All right, Cliff. Now I'm a fool. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me pull a rabbit out of that hat. Um, but yeah. That that those, I I think I think guys especially like young like when we listen to certain songs that involve sensual like kind of sexual dancing and it's a woman singer but their artistry is more of the dancing it's like it's not that they can't sing but people know Sierra people don't go to Sierra's live concerts to hear about her lyricism about listen to the goodies. Um, no, we, we, we live because we want to see Sierra do Sierra things. We, Cassie, you know, had a few hits back in the day before P. Diddy knocked her up and be like, eh. Or he didn't even knock her up. He just like was with her for 11 years. and was just like, yeah, it's, it's not happening. And she married some other dude. Congrats to her. But now she's bald. No wrong with that. I think they have a baby together. Congrats. But I wish for me and Cassie, it was just me and you. Um, I used to have a huge crush on Cassie. And I literally only knew one song from her. I mean, I, I kind of had the whole album downloaded on my iPod. But we all know how those worked back in the day. Like, you didn't want to buy... Like, when you actually paid for music on iTunes and shit, you don't want to be... Like, it was like, you could buy this their one big song for $3.99, or you could just download their whole album for $8.99. And you're like, well, might as well download the whole album, because I'm sure this song is good. The rest of the songs at least got to be decent. It's not always the case. Um, <laughs> but you still feel better, because at least you have a list of songs to kind of pretend to like for $8.99, than one song for $3.99. 
Um, but yeah, I just have this fantasy when I'm listening to these songs, like to just be on a chair on a stage and just maybe even be blindfolded. Jeez, it sounds like I'm into something else, to be honest. Maybe even be blindfolded. And in the audience have like my guy friends and then some like girls I know have been into me, but we have this weird thing, but not really. And then they see a specific girl that knows how to dance and get a personal lap dance, get a personal just dance, not even just lap dance, just like this whole thing is for me. And like, oh my God, I didn't know Clint was like this. Like, you're damn right. Um. And, like, they rip off my shirt, and they're like, oh, my God, what happened to Hercules? Um, <laughs> it's like, the last time I saw Clint, he didn't look like this. And be like, oh, well, well, you know what they say. Uh, you go to the gym six times a week, you will have a lot of muscle fatigue, and eventually the muscle fatigue will stop fatiguing and just become muscle. And, boy, I would muscle up her booty, the girl I'm thinking about. All right, Clint, you need to relax. But, yeah, I would. That's like a weird side hustle fantasy. It's like a daydream fantasy. Like, I never actually fall asleep at night and think about that. But, like, in the middle of the day, be like, eh. When the song comes on, the whole time of the song is playing, I'm just thinking about the exact move this girl would be doing at that part, the type of intensity, the eye contact, the we're doing everything but fucking, but everything that sexual tension and the aroma, the. The feeling of if it weren't for these 300 people in the audience of this like strip club type of thing, your dick would have been inside me and I would be having triplets. And I'd be like, well, let's hope my sperm count can produce that much. But hey, 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 hey. Um, it's not the only thing that comes in threes. Um, <laughs> ah, Jesus. Oh, I'm your knight in shining armor. Because you're going to need a lot of protection from this boy. Um, not because I'm abusive or anything. I'm just talking about my cum shots. Um, yeah, my voice is gone. Dead and gone. Dead and gone. Ow. Um, oh. Yeah, look. Um, this If you ever hear your water pump heated your water heater leaking just be ready for the spiders to come out um because uh where i live we had uh, i had a water heater issue and not there wasn't really anything apparent i just heard this leak so i called the maintenance people set an appointment they came out three separate times their incompetence and didn't want to acknowledge that they probably just need to replace it and finally, the third dude came out. I was like, yeah, I probably need to replace it. So this process entails unscrewing everything, taking the thing out, all this shit. And they haven't gone around. They're actually replacing it. But literally two nights ago when I got home, I mean, <laughs> I came home. I didn't even notice until like five minutes after. I was in the kitchen. I look over and I see this eight-legged Ronnie little fuck right by literally this is where I record literally right by this vet area where the water here is now it's not the biggest spider in the world 
But it's a little bit bigger than you'd be comfortable coming home to. It's a little bit bigger than you're just like, ah, oh, let me step on this. Because you're like, you're thinking about, mm, do I, this isn't just like a daddy long leg. This thing, it wasn't furry, but it was, it was a thicker than a thin spider. And it's like, if I miss, like, do I try to actually tackle with my foot on the wall? Because I don't want to put a hole in the wall. Because if I'm going to kill the bitch, I'm going to kill a bitch. I mean, you, you know, if you're going to do something, do it. So I like, all right, do I tap it with something? Hmm. So my grand plan, anytime I kill a bug that's a little bit uncomfortable at a distance, I get either some spray, like some countertop spray and just chemical it to death. Or since I didn't have any, I got some Febreze. <laughs> and I swear, I Febreze like a third of that fucking bottle on the thing. And the thing still didn't really die. But it got on the ground, and then eventually I was like, fuck, this bitch isn't dying. And I stepped on that shit. And the noise that thing made when I stepped on it still cringes in my ear. Not much cringes me. But the hear a... Like, you can... Like, I tasted... Not taste. Oh, God, not taste. I felt through my body the crunch, the slimy, the sudden snap of its body when I did it I stomped it with such potent force that I almost slipped when I stomped on it because that's how much shit like slimy it was and I was like man I just killed a real fucking spider not like a little oh my god like no this shit was like pretty decentable size like bigger than small but not a medium it was like a smedium but it was a type of texture. It's like the pure, it was a black spider. And it was like actual, like, a spider. Not like these flimsy little things that were like caterpillars. Like, no, these fucking, like, it was an actual real spider. And I was like, okay. We are really living the high life here. Because I have to kill shit, like, every, like, third day. Where it's like the caterpillars, these things. Before you say like, oh, that just means you don't clean your... Like, no. we live. I live on the ground fucking floor. And there's like entrances in so many ways. This place is old as fuck. Moral of the story is, is... I'm looking for a side hustle. If you see a spider, call me. I'll do it for like 20 bucks. Because this is a lot cheaper than go my... Like, it'd be a real side hustle. Like, oh my god, there's a spider. But like, okay, just keep it on it. And I'll be there in 15 minutes or less. And I'll kill it. I got the secret sauce with the Febreze and the shoe. And gravy. You think you do that five times a week? That's 100 bucks. 400 bucks a month. Easy money. Easy. Um, you know. Make more money doing that than like DoorDash and shit to be honest. But, no, I used to be actually, like, scared of, like, spiders. Like, legitimately. What is it called? Like, acrophobia or whatever phobia where you're afraid of spiders. Which, I don't think it should be a phobia to be afraid of things that have more legs and arms than you. I think, like, if someone's like, oh, like, we don't have a phobia. If you had a live tiger in your home, we wouldn't say, oh, then we got a tiger phobic. (laughs) What a pussy. Like, no, like, it make pretty much sense. Like, spiders... They're these weird creatures. They have eight legs. They move in this like sprouty. T- 
type of movement. It's not natural. In the weird places, they, they have web. They could fucking... Like, it's not just like a, you know, a little ant. Oh, Jesus. I'm so out of breath. I have a headache. I'm dehydrated. But I need to do a podcast just to fucking get it off my mind. Uh, not one of the funniest ones, but you know what? A lot of value you can find. The moral of today's pod is... Uh, don't tip these self-service kiosks. Defeats the purpose of a tip. Um, it actually devalues the tip for people who actually do like do service to require a tip. Because it's going to create this negative mindset towards tipping. And you're just going to have people justify not tipping because of woke culture and shit. Um, uh, I have fantasies about Body Party and Me and You. Um <laughs> The songs and being like a boy being cheered on by getting a lap dance from a sexy, sexy lady. And um, what else do we talk about? I don't know. That's what the description's for. I put the timestamps now. I take the extra time. So just read the timestamps and find what you want to look for. But yeah, that was episode 194 of the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, follow on Spotify. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Woo! All right. I'll see you guys. Hey, you should be happy. I didn't talk about my body or the gym. So. My body, your body. Oh, goddamn. Look, look, look at the sexy fella. Oh, Jesus. Now I know what people be talking about.